Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we look forward to welcoming Aston Villa to the bridge on Saturday afternoon. We take another look at some opposing social media posts in our new section, Antisocial. We'll lay out the temperature checks on the season so far. We set our sights into the future as well to guess the narrative. And we'll take on the chaser, Brady, in our regular (laughs) Chelsea quiz. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and a good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? Yeah, it's going good. Looking forward to a, a Saturday Saturday evening game at the Bridge, uh, and also another home game straight after that in Liverpool against Tuesday. So a couple of games to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I know the clocks went forward one hour on Sunday, but I wish they went forward 150 hours so we could just get the uh, international break out of the way. To be honest, I mean, it's absolutely every time it gets longer. It's like watching paint dry the international break for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Happy that Chelsea are back, even though obviously the form's not be great. And we've got a huge month coming up in April, pivotal month. So, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go indeed. I'd say we were going to be under the lights at the bridge on Saturday afternoon, but with the clocks going, yeah. going back, then I guess it might, it might actually be quite bright at that point. We, but, could spend, um, we could spend the start of the podcast discussing what time the sun sets and whether we will be actually <laughs> under the lights. Well, we're, we're always under the natural light of the sun. <laughs> the natural light. Um, let's talk about Aston Villa on Saturday, 5 kick kickoff. Um, Chelsea, I've got some stats for you. Unbeaten at home against Aston Villa since the 2011-2012 season when we lost uh, 3-1. I, I don't know if you remember that game. But, um, 3-1 to Villa. Three, yeah. I was probably at this game. Yeah. I can give you the goal scorers for Villa. Some 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 household names. Stephen I- Stephen Ireland. Wilfred Baumer. Stillian Petrov. Petrov. <laughs> and uh, Darren Bent. Wow. wow. There you go. Do you know who scored for Chelsea that day? Probably not. That's a tough one, for sure. Lampard. Lampard actually <laughs> came off the bench mm. in that game in the second half. Um, it was a penalty, but it was uh, it was the drug, Didier Drogba. That would have yeah. been my second guess. Yeah, it would have been a good guess at that for that season. To be fair, um, but good news is we did beat them three um, 0 at home last season, and um, we also beat them away uh, this season two 0 uh, do you remember the game last season? 3 0 winners? Do you know who scored? Romelu Lukaku got two. I know that. He, oh, yeah. he did. And, a, um, and another goal scorer. And goal, uh, Mateo scorer. Kovacic actually got the other goal. Oh, yeah. He nicked yes. in, probably, didn't he? He nicked in. Kovacic, yeah. One of his. Uh, <laughs> might have been his only I, goal. I remember this game really well because I was really anti us signing Lukaku I didn't think he'd be a good signing for us I, I didn't want us to sign him and then he played that Arsenal game and was incredible at Arsenal away and then he played the Villa home game and was absolutely incredible as well and that was my first time really watching him live ever I'd say well not ever but for the the new improved slimline version of Romelu Lukaku and I was so so excited about the what he was going to bring to us for the rest of the season. And that, unfortunately, was probably the high point. <laughs> it was all downhill seems, from there. Yeah, he seems quite quite good until he got injured. 
um, that it all went quite horribly wrong for him. Um, we are both on 38 points, as you mentioned earlier. So Chelsea are 10th and Villa are 11th. Um, stat for you, we haven't beaten anyone in the top 10 at home or away this season. However, if Villa were to beat us, that wouldn't be true because they would actually displace us in 10th and we'd have beat them away. <laughs> so silver lining. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's a mid-table crunch match. How do we see it? I think that I'm expecting Chelsea after the international break. If this was a 12:30 game, I would say that 100% this would be a draw. You know, the a low-scoring non-event of a draw. Two teams that, to be honest, aren't very good this season, battling it out. I, I would love to say that I'm expecting because both teams don't really have anything to play for an attacking game. But Graham Potter versus Unai Emery, I'm just. I'm I'm not expecting I'm not expecting anything special at all. <laughs> I think the players as well. I, I'm the the way the fixtures go for us, where we've got um, this game against Villa, and then Liverpool at home, which is obviously a massive game on on the Tuesday. So only a few days after, then we have I think Wolves away. Is it? Is that correct? I believe it is. Yeah. And yeah. then we've got Real Madrid after that. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to play sort of a weaker team here, the full team against Liverpool, a weaker team against Wolves and the full team against Real Madrid the following Wednesday. And, and I think that's going to be, that's going to be the case. I'm, I'm not expecting, you know, a, f- a full team, a full strength Chelsea team at all. I think players will be coming back from international duty and be, be not rested, but like, I'll be surprised to see, Reese James play 90 minutes. I'd be surprised to see Ben Chilwell play 90 minutes. I'd be surprised to see Mateo Kovacic play 90 minutes. One thing we might see is a little cameo from N'Golo Kante. So that might be fun. But um, yeah, I think Aston Villa, you know, they've, they're not, um, even though they've, they've had a pretty average season, they've got some good players. Ollie Watkins, five goals in a row there a few games ago. And then he's still got six in his last eight games. So he's a danger up front. And and yeah, you know what you're getting with the Unai Emery team. So we're we're, we're in for a, a tough game on, on Saturday. I'm certainly not expecting an easy win. Yeah, I mean, I know you said it might be a uh, low-scoring affair, but a bit of a mini quiz. Like, you know, the last two post-international March March international uh, break games, we've lost five two and four one. Yeah, I did see that. West Brom and Brentford, is it? Yeah. So um, could 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 get spanked on Sunday, but uh, Saturday. But yeah, anyway. But you know, I, I agree that you know, I think it'd be a very tough game. I think there's always a little bit of um, more variance in terms of like, I think not that we're really any better than Villa at the moment, we're on the same points, but you see that the variance and the margins after the international break close, because obviously we've got all the international players coming back and, you know, the recovery times are shorter. So it, it, I think it will be actually be a pretty tough game. One thing I will say, I think I've definitely seen Golo Kante getting 30 minutes. I think... The the players who train at Cobham, um, especially on the two call, a little bit under Potter, are often prioritised. I could see Loftus Cheek getting a start in this game, and I could. Yeah, see, that's a good shout actually. Because he's actually been training with Potter. It's just when when the manager have their eyes on players, they just get into their mind a little bit more. And obviously, they arranged. Um, well, not obviously, but they did arrange a uh, a game with Charlton at Cobham, basically for the purposes of getting Kante minutes. I think he got sixty minutes. I think it was a week ago. So I could see Kante getting 30 minutes in this game, maybe on for um, Kovacic or Enzo. I'm not sure if Enzo. Enzo's been playing far away, hasn't he? So I'm not sure if he'll be back. But um, yeah, the battle for 10th place and um, 
We'll see. I think it'll be a, a pretty tough game because Villa, you wouldn't think, they've actually won four of the last six on the road, including under, under Gerrard. So they're pretty handy on the road. So it's going to be a tough affair, I think. Yeah. Do we, do we think uh, Mason Mount could feature in this fixture? I haven't heard about Mason in terms of training uh, since... I just, I just literally saw on Twitter like 20 minutes ago that he's back in training. So. Full full training. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it's full, but he looked pretty happy. I, I, he looked like he was training with a team, so I'm not sure if he's like training. It's a bit... Apparently, the injury is a bit funny. Like, he actually declared himself fit for Leicester, but then Potter kind of overruled him and said, no, you can't play, or the medical department did. So, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on with Mason at the moment, but I don't think he was particularly happy with being left out of the England squad and also not being able to play for Leicester. I think it's an injury that comes and goes. It's like a an accumulative one where he plays a bit and then it, it just kind of goes. So, But most of the time he feels okay. So a bit of a weird one. But I think we could definitely see Mason get some minutes on, on Saturday. Yeah, And that would be, it'd be good to see him, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be good to see him. I think, I think you're right, Craig. I think we probably will see a bit of a... Um, Variance with like a bit more rotation, maybe with some other players. I think you got to accept this. This game is just, just not really so important in the scheme of things. Um, and I know that they'll probably feel like the Liverpool game on Tuesday night is sort of more important with the fans as well. And like I said, it makes sense with the structure of the games coming up to sort of Do give you- everyone um, a, a good run out on Tuesday against Liverpool in a really intense game. And this game sort of a uh, taking a bit of a back back burner. The one thing I said to caveat that is. I think if we beat Everton, I would agree. But I think if he doesn't win this game, I think, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be under pressure, pressure, but it just builds up the pressure a little bit towards Real Madrid. If like we get beat by Liverpool, going to be going into Real Madrid with a bit of a negative energy. So I know, I know that obviously, the, you know, the, uh, the reality is that the league is basically done. We might get top six, but whatever. We're basically all eggs in the Champions League basket. But I think we have to be a little bit careful of like not building any momentum before the Real Madrid game. That's the one thing I would say, personally, in terms of like heavy squad team rotation. Yeah, I agree. It's look, it's important that we get a. It doesn't feel like we're going to keep uh, the same eleven for the next sort of. No. So we've got loads of games in April. Um, but we'll, we'll be good to kind of almost settle in with like uh, some some individuals who we think we can sort of keep playing. I mean, we saw some cameos during the international break from from different players as well. I don't know if Sterling's back fit as well. So yeah, I saw Hick Sterling in full training. Yeah, I can nice. see Sterling getting a start. Um, and also, like someone I want to mention, I'm not sure we saw the Madueke uh, double assist goal for the under 21s. I mean, I know it's only under 21 football, but. His second assist was like really, really good. And he was actually playing from the left, which is pretty interesting. Again, it won't happen, but this is a perfect game to start Madueke or give him a lot of minutes because he deserves it, I think. And yeah, if, if we're going to rotate and give people like Loftus-Cheek minutes, I'm not saying we will. We should be giving Madueke and Mudrick minutes, but whether we will is, is, is another matter. How about Hakim Ziyech start? Oh God! If Hakim's here, I, just, I, think, I think I just walk. I think I just walk. I think I just walk out. To be honest, I'll get. I'll get an early start on the anti Joshua undercard. I think. <laughs> well, it's going to be Zh Pulisic and Havertz up front. You're saying you're if, we see, if we see Zh and Pulisic, I mean, well, Pulisic can't play because he's had a long old trip to America, hasn't he? Unfortunately, he's the ultimate troll Pulisic, isn't he? he? Just turns into literally Captain America. Uh, and then, and then when we played for Chelsea, it's like Captain America. I thought he got turned into Captain America, like a little weakling. I mean, honestly, just, <laughs> just like 
Just like when he plays for America, he's just unbelievable. When he comes back to us, he's just, you know, 6.5 and foot mob again. It's just infuriating, yeah. isn't it? But... It's those tough games in the uh, the qualifying region of the in Americas. Yeah, I guess that, that yeah, that's true. You know, Honduras <laughs> well, or whatnot. <laughs> who, 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 who would you like to see start? I guess. Madaweke for me. Madaweke would be great. Okay. What about you, Craig? Anyone you, you well, I think like I, I would like to see. I, I think the most important players for us to start are Sterling and, and Havertz and Felix. Those are the three. The attack that I think going forward will be the attack that's that's preferred in the big games. Um, so potentially we'll see Mason Mount start on Saturday if we're, if we're following the trend of of sort of rotating a bit for this game. What about yeah. you, Chris? Who do you want to see start, Chris? Well, I, I'd like to see. Uh... Our old friend Michaelo Mudrick. Probably going to say your old friend Vietch there. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, he's still in the freezer, I think. Is he? Um, yeah, I didn't get him out. Um, yeah, I'd like to see Mudrick. I, I think I'd like to see him yeah. play. He he started the Leicester game and then we didn't see him ever again. Yeah. So um, it would be good to see him. Maybe it was that drop of celebration that's done him. I don't know. Like, he just got, <laughs> got written off. <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, maybe they thought he was, he, he didn't realise the goal looked he was offside and uh, thought it was embarrassing us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him play. I think he could be quite dangerous. Matty Cash um, isn't, I, don't, I think he's injured for Villa as well. So it'd be a good opportunity for him to, to play and see him really. I'd like to see him play again. <laughs> I forget half these players. Um, we do forget half the attack. So yeah, um, that'd be nice. Uh, midfield's a bit of a different sort of, I think he'll play Kovacic and then another. I think he might keep Loftus Cheek as a backup for Reese James and rotate them after about sixty minutes. I, I guess we, we just don't know about Enzo how sort of with the travelling and how what his plan is with him. Where's Zakaria? Zakaria. Yeah. Where's he, he gone? He, 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 he's in the freezer. He's been iced. I think they've. Uh, <laughs> One for the squad freezer section later, isn't yeah. it? I actually thought no. for 25 million, he was a lovely little pickup, but obviously Graham and the... Uh, I think the he was injured, to... right? I don't know. I, he, he was on, he's been on the bench, but I'm not... He's been in the squad, right? Yeah, I think yeah. They've, made, they've made a decision that they're, they're not going to uh, re-sign yeah. Zachariah, so I don't think it makes any sense for him to play. In the same way that they've sort of made that decision with the Bamiang as well, and he's not going to play either, so... Maybe. Um, mm. Do you prefer Kukurea or Badiashil? Interest. Um, I guess with Villa, probably Kukurea, I think makes sense. Um, but again, it just depends whether he wants to do that defending in a four a lot. If, if they defend in a four, I think Kukurea does make sense. If they, I mean, we're going to rotate as well. Trevor Chalaber needs some minutes, done nothing wrong, been really solid all season. Needs to get some minutes, Trevor. I know we've got a we're really stuck back there, but with Koulibaly having a stinker last time, I think it might be for Trev to get some minutes personally. I haven't heard well, an update on Fafana actually. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I guess we'll find out with Potter's presser yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And then I'll make Kepper in goal. Yeah. I think, Kai, I think Kai was a bit ill, wasn't he? As he t- sometimes can be. Hang around with donkeys too much or something. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, Kai might not, might Kai not be fit. So it could be some rotation up front. So we might see Ziyech. You never know. Um, let's let's finish up on Villa. Let's, uh, let's have some pr- score predictions. Uh, Brady, I'll, I'll come to you. What, what have you got? It's usually the end of the pod, dear, so I'm not ready. Um, oh, 1 0 Chelsea. I'll go. Nice. Craig? I, I think you should go next. What you got? You always get to go oh. last. 
I'm going. <laughs> is that an advantage? Definitely. Uh, I'll go three nil Chelsea. <laughs> thrashing. A thrashing. <laughs> is this just a bit now that you do where you're you make the absurdly aggressive Chelsea winning prediction? That that's your role. <laughs> that's your part of the pod. Three nil lads. When it comes to any right yet. Get your bet slips ready for uh, Saturday afternoon. 3-0, correct score, Havertz, hat-trick. I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea, but I think it's going to be a very, very poor game. I I don't think it's going to be a scrappy game. I think it's going to be a good game. And I don't think the goals, like they're not going to be good. I don't think we're going to play well. I don't think Villa are going to look good. I don't think anything's good. I mean, Villa, they're not, on, they're not on the beach, Villa, but they haven't got too much to play for. I guess they could maybe go for a conference league, but they haven't got a ton to play for. They've got a new manager, so you could see they're maybe not turning up in a sense. But yeah, I don't think it'd be a great game either. I agree. So Chelsea 4-6 to six, and uh, Aston Villa just over 4-1. to one. So the bookies really do like Chelsea on, on Saturday. So we'll see. Looking forward to it. They're 3-0. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Let's uh, let's talk about managers and um, Graham Potter's position at the club. There was some big news that came out of Germany um, last week, where Julian Nagelsmann was was relieved of his duties as the uh, Bayern Munich coach, and uh, Thomas Tuchel, our old our old pal, um, he he decided to step in. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting sort of turn of events. There, obviously, Conte also lost his job at, at Spurs as well. Manager musical chairs. Yeah, so there's a few managers that have now become sort of available. Potter's in a precarious position potentially at the end of the the summer. I don't think there'll, there'll be anything done from now until the end of the summer, potentially, no. in my opinions. But w- what's your sort of view on Nagelsmann becoming available? Is that something that we 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 think could be a good pursuit. I mean, in the WhatsApp chat, I've been you know alluding to this guy for a little while. I don't think you guys are too keen on him, but the reason why I like Nagelsmann is is he's actually built up his career pretty well. I mean, he, he started coaching when he was twenty seven, so I think he was a little bit like Tuchel, where he retired early from playing, I believe. And he was at Hoffenheim, and they were basically about to go down, and he got them into a, in the Champions League the season after. So. And then he went to Leipzig and then he went to Munich. So he's kind of built up his career nicely and his win percentage. His win percentage of Hoffenheim was like 40%, Leipzig 50 60%, and obviously at Bayern it's over 70 because they're going to dominate. I just think he's worked his way progressively up and his CV is impressive even though it's only over like five years. And I just think, look, none of us are massively fans of Grand Potter. I think we can, that's pretty clear. Chelsea fans are generally that way at the moment. But I think it does shift the, the complexion of um Potter's position a little bit. I think that's what I mean about the Villa game. I think if he looks poor the last 10, 12 games, I think Nagelsmann being available might give the squad something uh, sorry the, the board something to think about. You've got Vivell in there, who's I think has got links to Nagelsmann and there has been a bit of Twitter conversation, not sure if this is true, where they've already had a little chat. But I think part of the reason why Potter's been so safe is because of the lack of options as well. I mean obviously um, I think it was Enrique and Poch. I mean, it's not great options at all, really, like Brendan Rodgers. So, like, I just think Nagelsmann being available does shift the goalpost slightly um, and just something to just keep an eye on, basically. Not sure what you boys think. 
Craig, you were always quite a big spokesperson for Nagelsmann previously. What, what do you think? I think he's a great young coach. Remember as well, Potter's 47 years old. I believe Nagelsmann is 35. Yeah, yeah. he is, yeah. Um, so it's a big difference in age. It's a 12-year gap. I think you've got a big ceiling with Nagelsmann mm. as, a, as a coach. If you can get it right, he obviously didn't get it entirely right at Bayern in terms of them deciding to move on from him. Although he had a great record at Bayern, I think they probably didn't like a lot of what they saw weren't winning quite as in, in dominant fashion as they're so so accustomed to in Germany. And obviously probably helped that it was accelerated by the fact that Tuchel was available and in talks with Spurs and learning Spanish to potentially join Real Madrid in the summer. And Bayern's mm. board smartly, I guess, thought, look, we got to act now if we're going to get one of the best coaches in the world. Otherwise, we're going to be left with, you know, if Chelsea's had Potter, <laughs> Graham Potter. So, you know, <laughs> the 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 options for, for Bayern, if they were to move on from Nagelsmann in the summer, were potentially a, a little bit more limited. And that's what Chelsea obviously had found as well when, as you alluded to, Brady, when they're trying to think about moving on from Potter, is there aren't really any good options. And yeah, Nagelsmann definitely shakes things up a bit, I think. He's a manager that I would certainly be keen to to have instead of Graham Potter, as I'm sure a lot of Chelsea fans would be as well. Um, even though he's a project, in inverted commas, project manager, mm. exactly like Potter, I think you can sort of get on board with, with Nagelsmann's style of play and ceiling more than what you can with Potter at the moment, just because of what he's achieved. Obviously, he has experience in the in the Bundesliga and Champions League at the highest level, winning and um, playing at the at the top of the league and competing in the Champions League. Not just learning, wouldn't just be learning the Champions League on the job as Graham Potter has been, and. Also with Nagelsmann, I think you see the really, really high-octane, high-press style that I think some of us thought we were going to see with Potter. And obviously, it, it goes wrong and looks bad sometimes, but sort of you can deal with that because you can see a style of play and a ceiling, with, if we can get it right, of us being an elite team, which is, I think, one of the main disappointments with, with Potter is that we've not seen that sort of a, elite ceiling or, or sort of anything special to get excited about in terms of style of play that we can sort of get excited about seeing the, an improved version of it in the future so yeah i'm i'm entirely on board with with nagelsman if if the if the if the board want to want to do that at any time from now till the end of the season i'm on board <laughs> with it what about you chris because I, I think you're a bit colder on the idea what do you think chris i'd like to hear your opinion on this um, I think it, I think it makes sense to bring him in probably in the summer if you're going to change it. It yeah. was like there's a obviously we paid a lot of money for Potter. I mean, Bayern paid a lot of money for Nagelsmann. He's the mm-hmm. most he's a world record manager. Um, he still ho- holds the world record transfer for a manager. So to get rid of him was quite a big decision for them as well. Um, I'm sure. So um, they didn't have the best. I mean. Problem with Bayern is they they won the Bundesliga last year. They they did quite poorly in the Champions League. They were knocked out by Villarreal, um, which was surprising. And then obviously Lewandowski left in the summer, and they've been a little bit. They've not been as on it. The fact that they're second in the Bundesliga to to Dortmund, who lost Haaland, is quite surprising. I think generally. Um, so I just think he definitely would be a good choice 
as a replacement to Potter. I don't think that's in any doubt if you look around sort of the top European managers who would be available. So, And he probably fits our profile quite well because he's, I would probably prefer him to Conte in terms of probably being a bit more long-termist. Um, Surely Conte is not an actual option. I think Conte's uh, burnt his bridges with the Premier League after that Southampton presser for Tottenham. I mean, I mean, just a little mention for Antonio. What, still a Chelsea legend to just like burn Spurs like that. Just kind of like, <laughs> bit, just absolutely like a 10-minute rant about the state of the club and the board. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Like top marks for Antonio. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, quite, I quite like the idea of Nagelsmann. I think he'd be a good addition. Whether the club, the board would actually you know, get rid of Potter. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the conditions that ha- would have to be met for Potter to lose his job because, as we sort of mentioned on the pod previously, we're kind of through the looking glass of the conditions that previously we would have expected a manager to lose their job. So it's it's interesting. I, I'd be more interested to know what it would take for Potter to lose his job, really. Um, and then, yeah, if he does, Go on, sorry. good option. I think that built board a little bit of hanging on to this Champions League kind of, um, you know, this, this Champions League cherry. It's kind of like if we go out of the Champions League and we're poor into the season, I mean, obviously they're going to be unhappy with that, but that that little glint of hope that like uh, Bodhi and Clear Lake have in terms of Potter, I'm not saying going to turn on him, but like, this is why I think Potter needs to look good in the league as well. Like if we're poor in the league and we go out of the Champions League, like it's a Real Madrid in, in a bit of a, you know, weekly, then... I'm not saying Potter will be in trouble, but it definitely would like change your complexion with Nagelsmann like hanging around. So, and obviously Tottenham are going to be sniffing around from as well. So, they might, Chelsea might have to act quickly in that sense. So, I just think, like I said before, I don't think it massively puts Grand Potter under like much more pressure, but it does, um, like Craig says, shake things up a little bit. I think if they were, I, I always think if you're going to get rid of Potter, you should give the next manager the preseason. Uh, yeah. We had a difficult situation last year because the change of ownership happened. But you should sack him before the season starts, not wait till five games in and go, oh, you've lost two games, now you're sacked. Because that's that's a waste of time. Um, and we've wasted all of pre-season and potentially buying people that would not be suited maybe to the style of Nagelsmann if he wants to play, you know, gang and press. So... I think, yeah. even, I think he's seen a bit like elite coach, uh, and I think his man management was questioned a little bit uh, by, and I don't know if you saw him going on a skateboard to train him once. It's like kind of like a, he was a, more like a big brother. The Athletic mentioned he's more like a big brother to the players and like a father figure. But maybe he's like learned, learned his trade at Bayern and he can come to us and come with more experience. But I think it would be a pretty exciting appointment. But let's be honest, anything will be pretty exciting compared to the form with the run they're under positive. Let's be honest. I mean, we're just not winning. We're just not winning enough football games. So. If we do that under Potter, great. But if not, we'll have to just go for somebody else. I mean, yeah, we'll see how he does in the Champions League. Let's talk temperatures. So last week we had a sort of post-game temperature check and we don't want to repeat ourselves. So what we're going to do is talk about the season as a whole so far. And some overarching temperatures from the from the season. Um, I think it'll be interesting to hear how everyone sort of rates people over a longer period of time. Um, we'll get back to the the knee jerk temperatures next. Don't worry, Gra- Grandpa. Favorite thing. I don't think we're any going to put. We're not, not going to break rules. This is purely players. <laughs> purely players. That's it. Um, this is going to. Uh, Craig, do you want to go first? 
I thought you were going first. I was going to go first, yeah, but I, I'm, I'll, I'll allow you to go first. Okay. Property <laughs> <laughs> love that. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think my freezing cold is uh, going to be any much of a surprise. I Ooh. think Kaladuka Labali is in the in the, in the season long freezer. Yeah. He he came he came with a big yeah. price tag, a big uh, big expectancy, big shoes to fill. Antonio Rudiger and Andreas Christensen, and uh, unfortunately, he's been a big letdown. He he's not been he's not been the player that we expected him to be. He I think one of our friends called him potentially like for like for Rudiger with potentially even even better. Well, we haven't seen that at all. We've seen a, a player that gets beaten way too easily one-on-one, a player that's way too reckless and aggressive, a, sl- a slow player, a player who's not very good on the ball. <clears throat> He's not really offering much, to be honest, Kaladu Kulabali, as a, as a defender. I don't really see... He's got a long contract here. I don't really see much of a future for him, unfortunately, at Chelsea. Seems like a really nice guy. That's what I will say about him. But yeah, <laughs> When Craig gives you the really nice guy line, that's when you know you're dead. <laughs> lovely guy. But yeah, lovely guy. He's absolutely terrible. <laughs> he's not for me at all. And uh, yeah, I think he's a red card risk in big games as well. I don't see many much... Uh, much ceiling for him at all, to be honest. I think there's a bit of recency bias, Greg, with your opinion, because I just feel like we were kind of warming up on him, and he just made mm. this like, horrific mistake. And like, I feel like yeah, he just so, completely so turned. So basically, this is this is a reflection on the season as a whole, right? And, and yeah, fair yeah, enough, fair and, enough, fair enough. And, and unfortunately, three games or four games or whatever ways, so I had a bit of a, an uptick in form. That's not going to mm. cut it. The, the the Chelsea play at high level week in week out for for sixty games sometimes a season. And uh, yeah, three or four good games is, is not what we're looking for. We're looking for a, a, a different player, one that we might come on to later on in this section um, to to play consistently. I just think it's a bit harsh because he, he was a two-shot signing. I just think... I don't think the recruitment works like that. So I, d- I don't think that he was a two-call signing. I think he was a, he was a Bowley signing. Um, but he, you know, he fitted like, into Tuchel's start. I don't know. Just you know, what I mean, a lot of change. Well, playing the club, top, and... I think he's actually looked better at the, as a, a member of a four mm. and the four in the back system. I think when we one of the plus points of when we played four two three one was that it actually suited him and he actually played well in that system. Whereas I think where he's looked really bad, especially is wide centre back in a three four three, the sort of role that Rudiger played. Um, on the left-hand side of the three-four-three, I think that's where he's looked specifically, absolutely dreadful for us. And uh, fair enough, in the middle of the three as a backup to Thiago Silva, maybe we can keep him around. But to be honest, he's just the sort of player that you can move on from. I'd much rather be giving those minutes to a player like Levi Colwell next season. Yeah, I agree with that. The age is an issue, yeah. Than a 32-year-old Kaladu Kulabali. So, Kaladu, it's all for you, bro, if you're listening. <laughs> there's a chance he's listening i guess small chance but he is he, a really nice guy he's, he's a really he's nice bloke you'd have a beer with him <laughs> yeah I, well, I would have a beer with him there you go there's a shout out caladu if you don't think it'll last long mate after that i think it'll be <laughs> after you if you haven't switched off craig will have a beer with you <laughs> <laughs> right um who else you got warming up warming up so warming up, I'm going to give it to a player that's actually missed a lot of this season, but also plays at centre back, and that Ooh. is 
Wesley Fofana. Yeah, nice, nice. Good wow, that's. I think I think we're kind of uh, what I would say when you say wow like that is we're kind of scraping the barrel for for um, yeah. for players. Yeah, this this season has obviously been very very poor for us. Um, uh, on and when we're looking for positives, it's potentially hard to find. And what I would say about Fafana is I think we've we've what's emerged is a player that can be a winner, a leader, and an excellent player for us for the next decade at Chelsea. And that is an incredible thing to find. And I know we paid a lot of money for him, and that's sort of almost what you expect when you pay £80 million for a 23-year-old centre-back, that, that he's going to be at, performing at a high level. But he's come back from long-term injury. He's had his injury problems here at Chelsea. But I think that he is one that we can say is warm warming up um throughout the season got better and better and as we head to the last quarter of the season now could cement himself as as potentially you know a key player for us so yeah i'm gonna go wesley fafana in our season long warming up when when the uh when when that 31 year old dynamo kiev striker (laughs) ran past him (laughs) the champions league how how do you rate that versus kaladuku labali's West Ham uh, mistake. Sorry, Everton. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I think those sort of like individual breakaways. I I thought he was. I was Crystal Palace away. Another one for him. What was this? Sorry. This is this is Fafana. This is him. What was the Palace away thing that you're? I think he was too bad. The fall for that goal wasn't great. uh, Just uh, like you say, Koulibaly. I don't know, like Fafana, he wasn't that good when he was playing at the beginning of the I season. I think picking out individual moments, fine. Like you could say maybe they've both given up like bad errors in, in games or whatever, but I don't know, like I'm watching the game as well. Like, you know, Bali, he's, he's there clowning about, giving the ball away. He's like booting it out of play with his left and right foot all the time. Like, what's what he up to? Like, you've got to watch the games as well. Like, he, he's, yeah. I think with Fafana as well, because he was like kind of not out, and he was this huge money signing, then out in the cold a bit because he was injured. So warming up's quite a nice little narrative for him because he has been warming up to the fans, and you know we didn't forget about him. But we've come to you know it's really come to the attention lately. He's got a couple of boiling hot, so I think I think it's a good shot for Fafana warming up. I think he's going to be. I mean, I went. I got. Uh, I I appreciate the the love because I got I got a wow <laughs> from Chris. So, well, it's like we said, we talk about recency bias. Like that's for me, that's like that's what that is. I mean, the what? nine games we played, we've got a seventy-five percent win record. I mean, that's quite a sort of smaller sample, but we do look better with Wesley in there. And he, you know, he's got that. He's got, like I said, he's got a bit of oomph. He's got a little bit of Rudiger about him in terms of aggressiveness, and then he can run up. He can make those marauding runs. He's got a bit of everything when it comes to a centre back. So, um, I think, no, I, think I, I think he's been fantastic recently. I I wouldn't say it over the whole you, season. You, you like, say I mean, really, he, yeah. he arguably saved Potter's job against Leeds because he scored the goal. We we didn't win that Leeds yeah. game. Potter was in huge trouble. But you say recently, but he still played. He still played twelve games for us this season. So we, we've only played probably about thirty-five games, something this season. So he's played a third of the games for us. It's not like he's he's not played at all. You know he's no, he's, yeah, but like he's played so many games as Aubameyang, so I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know if that was true. Yeah, Randy Aubameyang warming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, warming up. He was quality. He is warming up, literally every week in, in Cobham, but not playing. <laughs> he was in Barca, wasn't he? 
Right, mm. who's your who's your next one, Craig? So Boiling Hot is the third centre back of this oh. series. Boiling Hot <laughs> is Thiago Silva. For oh, me, yeah. he's our he's our player of the season. He's been a consistent rock. He's been outstanding. He's a great person on off the field. <laughs> I'd like to have a beer with him. <laughs> um, oh, uh, I think I think he's uh, he, he's been outstanding and and like I said, just just deserves every single amount of praise that comes his way as a as a thirty eight year old centre back in the Premier League still playing at, at this level is just is unbelievable. Yeah, and, we, he, and he's, he's a leader for us as well. I think. Do we rate him? Where do we put him in sort of centre back history at Chelsea in terms of how good it's him he is? And, it's him and JT for me, top two. Ooh, I don't know, Carvalho might have a shout there. I, I just I think we're going to look back and remember, Dele Silva's career is not finished at Chelsea yet. He's he re-signed. He will be back next season, and um, I think that you'll 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 look back on Thiago Silva's career and the trophies he's he's won. Hopefully. He gets a chance to at least challenge for the league. Uh, you know, I can't see it, but you you never know because that Premier League trophy would certainly cement him as. as, I, th- as I think he's. I think he's already exceeded expectations. I don't think he expected to win the Champions League when he came to Chelsea. I mean, he's probably coming a little bit at the end of his career, like maybe getting experience. I think like he's already delighted that we won that, but basically the biggest uh, trophy in you know in club football. So. It'd be good to go out of the league, but I think that's why he keeps signing. He just loves. He's got that. He's got that trophy under his belt, and just like almost like an ambassador for the club now. So, yeah, good. He shot. just loves. I think he just loves playing football, doesn't he? he yeah. When he gets out there, he's he's absolutely buzzing every game. He wants to win every game. He still has a, and he's so good. Yeah, um, I mean, be so good to see him and Kante play together. I mean, it's been so long. Like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's been so long. So yeah, that'd be great. Lovely. Some good. Good choice. Three, cent- three centre backs for you. That's you good, go. Craig. I tell you what, mate. I was impressed. Some weren't, but I was. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm, excited, I'm, excited, I'm excited for Chris's uh, three now. I'm oh, sure I won't be overly going to be throwing daggers. <laughs> <laughs> right. In the free- freezing for me over the season. Wow. God, oh, you said his name. Yeah? <laughs> Kepper. Uh, oh yeah. that's harsh. That is harsh, actually. That is recency bias. That, that's harsh. Yeah, no, that it's is... not. It's just awful, awful performances generally across the board. Um, can't catch. Randomly, his passing isn't as good as people make out to be. It's just better than Mendy's. Um, I agree and, with that. I do agree with that. Um, and I just think he's just a liability. He just gives away big chances and goals on his own. He's actually cost us, I mean, I can think of recent points. I know recently biased, but recent points he's given away. I think of Fulham, that would have been a draw. Man City, that would have been a draw. Um, Everton, that would have been a win. So, yeah, I just, I don't rate him at all. And he's probably go down as one of the worst signings we've made for the money we spent, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll probably go down as yeah worst value for money signings in Premier League history. So, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I think he has had generally an okay season, personally. But I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, we had a very very long conversation about him on WhatsApp recently in our in our group, didn't we? And we, I, I said that I, I don't think there's any, or, sorry, many Premier League teams that would take him 
ahead of their goalie right now. And I think we we thought of a couple, didn't we? But basically, I mean, more of a couple. But okay, I I'll, I'll let you. Have he's that. he's twenty eight, by the way. He's yeah. not he's not some kid. He's just, he, this is I mean it's different for goalies. I understand that they're usually a lot better when they're a bit older. But he should be really coming into his prime. He just looks as dodgy as he was when he first turned up. Yeah, I think I think goalkeeper will be a big priority for Chelsea in the summer. So has to be yeah. Um, so that's freezing for me. But you'd have a beer with him, wouldn't you? Nice guy. Yeah, didn't, no, didn't even give him a compliment. Nice guy. <laughs> he actually does seem like a very nice guy, Kepper, to be fair. He seemed like a nice bloke. Bit of... Captain Kepper, mate. Captain Kepper, yeah. He'll always be my captain, I think. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> uh, warming up for me over the season, this is a, it's not really a controversial one for me. I actually think Zacharia. Has been one of the most impressive players <laughs> yeah, we can't, over this season. He has, he has. He was like our best you player. Like you love that. You, you're, you're on the, the wind-up here. He's not even playing for us. <laughs> he said it was over the season. Yeah, yeah. He's been great. Craig, <laughs> let, let, let him know. <laughs> I've, I've, I think for me, every time he's played, he's been excellent. Pretty much, yeah, I don't. He has played very well. I do agree with that. I don't remember him having a game and people thinking, "Oh, he's not up to it." He's been excellent every time he was called upon. And to be honest with you, the performances around after Tuchel left, well, kind of into December, we got lots of injuries. He was like being iced out, talking about leaving, and he he turned up and he played really, really well. And he he was probably one of our yeah, best players. He was probably one of the best players on that. Team. Well, they go on the Champions League, didn't they? That's good. Yeah, the, and then that, that City game uh, at home, I thought he was probably one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah, he was very good that day. Yeah, he was. But he's only played four, four Premier League games, or only started four Premier League games all season. So? I don't, but, but, I don't think he can be included. Like he's he's, he's just warming like, up. He's a non-existent. He's not warming yeah. up. He's a non-existent part of the squad. He's like, a, he's like you know, squad fodder that's just there. In the background, like, I don't think of the season so far. You, you can't say that he's warming up. He's not even going to play anymore. The rest of the oh, season. Know, that's your opinion. You don't know that. <laughs> he's not going to play. You tell me Pulisic won't get a game. You tell me Ziyech might not get a game. You'll probably see those guys. Uh, Ziyech, I don't think will get a game, and I don't think Aubameyang <laughs> and Zakaria will either. Well, Aubameyang's the They decided they're going to move on from next season. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he can be. He can't possibly be warming up. For me, he's warming up. I thought he's had a great season. Section, so he's warming up for Chris. That's it. Yeah, and look, people were saying twenty-five million is a snip. Should you sign him? So I, I've got to be he, honest. I, I would have him over Loftus Cheek. I tell you that much personally. I agree. He can't play right wing back. Yeah, we, 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 we buy a right wing back for that. Not RLC <laughs> one, two, three, where he's called like the Andy man. Mm. We actually get someone who can do a proper job. You know. So, <laughs> I'm having I'm having Zachariah and. I hope to see more of him. I think he's been excellent. Yeah, I, I would actually... He's like the perfect like third or fourth midfielder in there for me. Um, yeah. Well, fourth, fourth, obviously. I would have brought him on against Everton over Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, so would I? He wasn't in the squad against I know, I know. What I'm saying is Loftus-Cheek isn't... I don't. I think he's he's leaps and bounds. definitely deserved more minutes. So I do agree with that. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I think he's played okay in the sort of the couple of games he's played yeah, this season, but... The problem is he's a bit injury FC. He always gets injured, doesn't he? So it's like, you know, we've got enough of them. So we've got enough yeah, of well, he, he had four starts in a row 
in the Prem, then he pulled. He his was hand very up. good at City at home. I did forget about that game, so he was good then. He got he got a, he got a standard ovation, and they were singing his name. So mm. there you go. Anyway, well, it wasn't going to be George. I wasn't going to give it Georgina. Boiling um, hot, Hakim Ziyech. <laughs> boiling hot. Um, well, I guess we. I can't. I don't, I'll, I won't say silver because you've done that. Um, but I will say maybe one of the best signings that we've made uh, is looking like is Enzo Fernandez. I think he um, has been really influential in everything that's been pretty much good since the January transfer window. Um, he's probably becoming like one of the first names on the team sheet at this rate. And I think he's going to have a great career. I think he's got loads of fantastic attributes to be um, really good in the Premier League. And he not only can do the stuff at the back in terms of sort of getting into position defensively, but he's also got loads of creativity and um, innovation in his game. So that makes him a very special player for us uh, in midfield. So yeah, I'm really, really excited about Enzo. I think he is looking like a fantastic signing. 100% um, agree. 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone can say anything else about Enzo. He looks like the nuts. Yeah, yeah he, he's he definitely like, looking he like... He like the absolute boy. He looks like he could be a, a key player for us for years, which is really exciting because the rest of the signings really don't look like that. So uh, maybe with Fafana him being that exception, but yeah. I agree with everything you said. Fantastic signing. Just a real shining light in what basically we can't swear in this pod, but it's been an awful season, isn't it? So, yeah. That's it. Cool. Right. That's, that's, go, go for it, Brady. You're right. going Spoiler, last, but... My boiling hot was also Enzo, but I have got a tepid, so I would have three sections. So my boiling hot was Enzo, and I'll just, you know, mirror everything you said about Enzo. Fantastic player. Right. Freezing. If the attack as a unit. Absolutely shocking. <laughs> I thought we had rules uh, here. We had to give the no, no rules. These boys are beyond rules. They're absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Pre pre podcast, we were having a little chat, and you said like, it has to be player, whatever. And no, no, don't worry. No, don't worry. Quite okay, because I've got to pick them all out. That they're all not good enough, basically. Other than Sterling. Like, wow. If I who. who so okay. It's my section. Let me let me say. We'll go through them. Go through them. Name them. Well, it's all of, it's all of them. It's Mount, it's Pulisic, it's Havertz, it's Sterling, Abba, Felix, Gallagher, Brozier, uh, obviously Mudrik and Madueke Just it's more not someone's um, joined recently. I let them off, but do you know how many goals we scored as a unit, all comps this year? Twenty-seven as a unit. It's it's nearly April. That is absolutely disgraceful for Chelsea Football Club. And let's be honest, this disease started under Tuchel. We do not score enough goals. I mean, we're probably talking about five, six hundred million of talent. Yeah, and they look like a bunch of Eskimos trying to kick a ball into an igloo. Talk about freezing. I mean, we were the third top scorers under Tuchel in the league behind City. Yeah, and we scored a lot, Craig, we scored a lot of defensive goals. Go back to the stats. We scored a oh, lot right. of defensive goals under Tuchel, a lot. Yeah, well, that's part of, that's part of the game. Like we, and Craig, you're, 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 including, you're including Rhys James and Ben Chilwell probably in defensive goals where I wouldn't really include well, that. They've got four or five goals. They haven't got many goals either this season. I mean... I've, no, no. I've, well, that's a, I, I'd agree. Sorry, I, I'm not saying it's not been bad. I'm, I'm not saying it's not been horrific this season. I mean, Leeds have scored six more goals than us in the Premier League this season. I mean, Havertz is our top scorer with nine. Nine. And like Sterling is the only player... that The, the real metric of this is... Uh, GA, 
goals uh, slash assists per, per minute. The only one under 200 is Sterling. That is absolutely appalling. I'm sorry. Yeah. Terrible. That is appalling. <laughs> Not good enough. No excuses for any of them. And so even Mount, who's had a stinker, is actually the, the second behind Sterling. With, I mean, Havertz, he's doing better. He, he only gets a goal or assist every 250 minutes. Not good enough in an era when you've got Haaland, when you've got Arsenal massively improving. United are coming up. Liverpool will be back next season. We are going to get left behind if we don't improve our attack pronto. So this, this lot need to sort it out because too many excuses. And they're too, they're too like, oh, Havertz gets a couple goals. Oh, he's warming up. Let's be honest. He's only warming up recently because he's got his on pens. If he wasn't on pens, he wouldn't be warming up. And it is yeah. good he's on pens because it's good we've got an attacker. But it's my little rant. This attack, I've been doing my head in for years. And it's getting worse and worse. So they're in freezer, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Big freezer, massive freezer. Love, lovely guys, though. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I buy them all a beer, vodka Red Bull, whatever. Lovely lads. We'll have a night out of them. They all look like good lads. Especially Gallagher, lovely lads. But can't shoot. None of them can shoot. Anyway, all right. Tepid. This is another controversial one. Tepid, this isn't Reese James. Reese James, if you, if you said that Reese James is a fantastic player, probably pound for pound the best player at the club. Unbelievable player. Technically fantastic. But if you said that in, we're getting into April, that you would have played 1,400 minutes and, scored, and got two goals and two assists, you'd be like, you, you wouldn't believe me. And so, obviously, it's the injuries that are holding him back, but it's been a really poor season for Reese. I mean, he is a world-class player. And he's got a new contract and everything. I, w- I wouldn't say it's just the injuries that's holding him back. I think it's been his awful usage under Potter, mostly, yeah. that's been holding him back as that's, well. He, I don't think you'd ever have Reese James anywhere near the freezer, but you have to say it's been a tepid season. It's been a nothing season for Reese James, really. I mean, he's... He's, he did really well. I think he got that. Uh, we thought he was coming to life in the remember the, the Milan at home game when he scored, and it had um, that little vibes of like when he scored against Juventus the year before. And you thought, right, he's going to get the season going. Then obviously he got injured, and he gets keeps getting re-injured. And obviously he might need an operation. But it's just really concerning because at the moment Ben Chilwell is actually probably the main threat, at, definitely the main threat wing back in the club, and like their their priority in that sense has switched a little bit. Like he's prioritising the Chilwell to attack more. So, I don't know, with Reese, when he turns on the burners and he, he gets going, he can still be fantastic. He won the penalty against Everton, but um, we need more from him, uh, whether he needs an operation or he needs to kind of um, mentally get over the injuries he's got, because he is essentially probably our best player. Um, and it's just been a really disappointing season for him. He's not playing a great team at the moment, I get that. But um, yeah, as a future captain and our best player, needs a better season. Yeah, I, th- I think we we've seen sort of his his poor usage tactically in in this system as as, as well as previously in the four two three one. I think the four two three one was really where he just wasn't even in games. He, he was barely going past the halfway line in games. You know, the, the four at the back just it just doesn't suit him very well. Especially, sorry, I, I don't want to be sort of saying every four at the back system is is the same. Obviously, Liverpool play a four at the back system where. The fullbacks really, really bomb forward, and and that's just not the the formation that that Potter was playing. The four two three one, that the wing, the fullbacks were really not getting forward much at all, and in fact inverting a lot and playing central areas. Where I really think Reese James is at his absolute best in the last third of the pitch on the right hand yeah. side of the pitch of the, yeah. uh, and and that's where we 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 need to get him. And and at the moment, it seems to be tactically Chilwell is the one sort of making the runs in behind and really getting forward. And and James is the one that's sort of playing deeper, and 
I don't really think that makes much sense. I think tactically, I, I would like to see Reese James get a lot further forward in games, try and impact games. Everton actually, after they equalised, suddenly the the shackles were off. We we actually got the wing backs forward on both sides and provided some width. And and Reece James ended up going ahead and winning the penalty basically mm. straight away. So I, I don't know. I, I think partly you could say Reece James obviously has had a bad season because of of injuries, but I think partly as well because of of the change of systems. And and the the manager really not really using his his strengths as as well as he he, he could in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just think well, I think stars shine regardless. And no, you know, I, we, I, I we, we thought but... we thought Silver wouldn't be that good in a four, but he's just so good that it doesn't really matter. And I just think Rhys James, I agree. I think he's been disappointing. I think he's been into himself a little bit. Probably um, injuries haven't helped, but that's part of the game and it's part of his game. It feels like it's two sort of back-to-back seasons for him to have really, you know, I don't think it's a good comparison injuries. with, with silver because obviously centre-backs are asked to defend for the most part and, and stay in there. Yeah. But you area. could say, you know, there are people who are playing, who can play well, like it's, you know, Mount moved into a completely new position under Tuchel and he was, he was fantastic. Um, yeah. But he also moved into a new position under Potter and has been absolutely terrible. Yeah. And that's, I, do, that's, I, do, I do also think there's a little bit of like with Gusto. Have to take some responsibility as the player. I think like I appreciate that. Fine Potter probably hasn't helped, but you know, good players will will find a way um, in different systems. And I think when players are, are played like horrifically out of position like this, I, d- I don't think they're going to shine. I think you've seen that with Conor Gallagher as well. He's used in his perfect position at Palace as a 10 um, up and you know not expected to have a lot of deep possession and stuff like that. And and this season he's been pretty average playing in a role that but doesn't suit him at all. What do you, where do you think he is good? Conor Gallagher. That's another yeah. debate, isn't it? Well, 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 when, well, when he was player at Premier League in, in the Premier League team of the season last year for Crystal Palace playing number 10. So that, when they don't have... Good. But they were not a high possession team. My point exactly. is at Chelsea, at Chelsea he's, yeah. he, he looks a little bit lost, but you're saying that's mostly down to the manager. Well, I'm saying it's mostly down to his usage tactically, right? You, you can't, you don't go from the Premier League team of the season, and, and most people consider, you know, a star in the making in Conor Gallagher last season to being, you know, a bench player and, and not really having a very good season at all at Chelsea because he's not playing the same position. And you're saying stars shine in whatever position. Well, I would say that Gallagher was a star last season, and he's not this season, and, and that's mostly to do with how he's been used on on I the think, pitch. I think he's... Yeah, I think he's more of a star at Palace than he would be at Chelsea. Yeah, I think cool. the le- I think he's been leveled out probably. I think going back to going back to Reese as well, he has no competition at all. And I don't think that helps him. I think Gusto coming in will really help him. Not that I think he's going to lose his place, but it will give him a bit of a kick mentally because when you've got a young kid who's going to want to play every week snapping at your heels, that's going to that's going to focus you. Reese James knows this, he more lost his cheek. So like I'm not saying that's getting in his head, but it competition is good. So when you've got Chilwell and Kukura on that side, they're like fist fighting for minutes. So that would also help. That's why, it's really, that's why I'm so glad that we finally got some backup in that area because not just for the injuries, but to also push Reese James to be the player he should be, I think. Yeah. Well, I hope, um, hopefully we can see a, a positive end to the season for him. He's, yeah, he's I mean, got all the, all the attributes to just kick on and, and be the difference in big games like the Real Madrid game. So. Um, right, and finally, uh, well, because I'm not going to do Boyden Hot, because that's Enzo, I'm going to do warming up Ben Chilwell. 
Uh, he actually started the season pretty cold. He wasn't getting many minutes under Tuchel because uh, he, he was playing Kukurea and I think he came on against West Ham. I think that was Tuchel's last home game, I believe. And he actually got a goal. And he's just recently just been basically our, our best attacker in a sense, even though he hasn't really been playing up front. He's he's often top of the chances created list, the um, XGI uh, non-penalty list. He just he's been bombing up and down the wing. He's shown a lot of bit of steel recently. He's becoming a senior player. I think uh, Ben Shield was had a really good last, basically since the World Cup, been really good. Um, seems to hopefully be more injury free now. So, um, got his English place back, although I think Shaw was obviously uh, suspended, but he's in contention for England again. So, yeah, I think for Ben Shaw, we're really warming up and um, even Craig rates him now, so definitely warming up. Yeah, it's got, got Craig's seal of approval and an apology. Yeah, yeah got an apology. So, no. so yeah, that's, uh, that's, my temps. that's my temps this season so far, but anyway. Very good. Yeah, love Chilwell. Um, yeah. Good to see him back fit. And firing. Sanity social time, isn't it? Yes, mate. Yeah, there you go. There we go. They've woken up. There you go. Uh, This is a part of the uh, pod where we, uh, you know, delve into the uh, the jungle of social media uh, and look at the uh, look at a couple posts made online by whoever really, and uh, that are the opposite, or you could say the antithesis of each other. Hence, antisocial. So I was going to do a, one, a joke one comparing donkeys uh, and Kai Havertz's love for donkeys and uh, <laughs> other people's not love, but I don't think we've got time for that. So I'll move on to the actual serious business. So the first, the first um, uh, quote here on Antisocial is by Mark Swartzer, who seems to be a guest in the quiz every week. But anyway, so Mason Mount is almost unsellable. He's a player you would not sell. He's a Chelsea kid through and through. He's been at the club all his life. That's what that's what fans die for. Fans love that. He's such an incredible player. I would not be selling. He is such a phenomenal player. Discuss. That that can be said of a, of a lot of Chelsea players that we have sold over the years. Yeah. You know, I think Victor More comes immediately to mind. Mark Gay. All these players that that have had great potential and love the club and have started games for for Chelsea. Uh, I'm trying to think of of others that come to mind Tammy? as well. Yeah, Tammy Abraham as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I, I I do agree that I wouldn't personally sell Mason Mount, but I don't agree with the the logic I guess behind that. Yeah, yeah I don't think he's unsellable, but I would be disappointed to see him leave for sure. But yeah. I think everyone has their price, unfortunately. So, and if he doesn't sign a contract in the summer, then it just makes financial sense not to risk losing him for free. So, yeah. Speaking of press, the next tweet is by Carefree Lewis G. I don't know if you're familiar. Maybe he's a match going and away, away day going a social media person. And he said this week on Twitter, 50 million plus is a fair price tag for Mount in the last year of his contract. If he doesn't resign, use him for Felix funds. Discuss. It's clickbait. <laughs> it is good, mate, but we got to stop it. Um, um, I, I, I quite, I, I think there is a there's a case to be made of sort of 
bolstering up the finances if Mount does. I think it's more about sign. like should we? Because I actually heard that we could actually maybe gather 65, 70 million from Mount, and obviously there's a little bit of FPP. Although I don't think FPP is a big problem to us. But is it? Are we getting to the point with Mount where maybe you just see him have the investment to sell, and you know we actually recoup some of the money that we spent? I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, you could sell him. I wouldn't sell him as. Is is the concept to sell him as a cash cow, essentially? Is that is that what we're talking about? I, I do think. Look, Chelsea are under massive pressure to to sign for for him to sign the contract because yeah, we we don't want a situation that we ended up with with Rudiger and Christensen, where you know eighty million pound players are leaving for nothing, and that's just not a not a situation any club should ever find themselves in. So, yeah, I mean, Mace is under pressure to, to sign this contract. Oh, we're, we're under pressure to negotiate a contract with his new agent, if we can, this summer. And if we can't, then then definitely I think bids have to be considered for, for him because, you know, the if the reports are correct and we're as far away from his wages or his wage demands as... We, we appear to be, then yeah, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a resolution. And yeah, we can't afford to let Mason Mount leave for free. So yeah, I, I, I do think Jal Felix is a better player in this 3-4-3 in the inside left wing position where, where Mace was, has been so good on the two call. I do think for the most part, Felix is a better player. So I, it's not like it would be a devastating blow to the team right now to lose Mason Mount. But I do think people do undervalue and slightly forget just because Mace hasn't had a great season this season, how yeah. important a player he can be for us, not just his, him on the pitch, but in terms of creating a winning culture and, and a squad that uh, at the club that is of a high level. And he, he, he can be such a key player for, for Chelsea going forward. And just because you know, he's had six months of, of bad form, we shouldn't forget that. Yeah, I, I liked when we were in the preseason. It was a really awful preseason this year, but um, he looked like the only person who actually cared about. Like, I know it's a preseason match, but he just goes out there and wants to win, and like yeah. he wants to run around and like show yeah. that he's, um, you know, he what he's all about. And I, 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 I think you see that with Conor Gallagher as well. Yeah, right. I think he's maybe a little bit more clumsy than Mount. Mount's probably a bit smarter, but. Um, I, I really like Mason Mount. I think he epitomises Chelsea quite well. And yeah, I think he's a good sort of a fit at the club. And it would be, I agree, I think Felix is probably a better footballer than him, but you, you get a little bit more with Mount. Like he, he scored loads of it. He was involved in loads of important goals in that Champions League winning run as well. Um, even the assist, obviously, in the final. But the goal at Porto, was it Porto, the Porto or Benfica away? I can't remember what it was now. Um, and the Madrid um, at home, so yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. like the idea of letting him go. Generally, my, just my little thing here is that I would change that tweet from Felix to Osimhen, basically, because that is bigger priority. Ooh, now, now I'm interested. Now, 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 I don't think we can afford to lose Felix and and Mount. I, I disagree with that. I don't know. I've, I've, well, assuming that we're going to lose... You've got Madueke and Mudrik there to just put it on a plate for, for Mossiman, right? I don't, I don't think we can rely on Mudrik from, based on what we've seen so far from him. But... I, certainly would, I certainly wouldn't want to go into the season with, with just him as a, as a left winger. Yeah, well, Sterling's there, right? 
Yeah, I mean Sterling, I think can play. I think the best. I think the best whatever. scenario is Mason uh, signs a contract and Felix leaves. That that is the best scenario for me. Not the other way around, personally. I prefer to get Osman and than than Felix for sure. Oh, oh no, oh obviously. I, I think everyone can agree with that. Yeah. I mean, my freezer section will definitely allude to that. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was uh, this week's antisocial. Lovely. Good uh, good debate there. Interesting. Mm. That one's uh, topical. Let's talk about the narratives. So many we... sections this week. Section love it. And the, a narrative that you can bounce back from, Brady, as well. Oh, After the, oh uh... yeah. Don't remind <laughs> me, mate. We, we might have another interim manager um, <laughs> on our hands. Uh, Craig, what, what have you got for us? Guess the narrative. So, unfortunately, last time, like you said, Brady was was very disappointing in his guess the narrative. So, I'll give him a chance to go first with I'm this new guess the narrative. It. It, it does revolve around Graham Potter again. Hmm. And Ooh. so, Graham Potter, as manager of Brighton, when Chelsea picked him up, was considered by most to be one of the most exciting young managers in world football. He is having a very poor season as Chelsea manager. And at the end of this season, his position will be evaluated, no doubt. When the season starts next season, what do we, th- what do we think is the narrative surrounding Graham Potter as a manager? So what is, his, mm-hmm. it, what is the opinion of him as a, as a manager as the season starts? And where is he? Start with I you. Think- I think he'll be Chelsea manager and I think he'll be under huge pressure personally. And then he'll have to hit the ground running and if he doesn't, he'll be gone by Christmas. Um, I think I can say that pretty confidently even after my shocker last time. Um, I do think he'll hang on to his job. I think that Dortmund game was huge for him. Um, some The XG and the performances have been improving a little bit lately. Um it basically depends how well he can do against um, in this lean run of fixtures. So basically, we've got a lot of difficult fixtures. We haven't beaten anyone in the top ten, so he's really got to prove himself against uh, the big boys here. So if he can prove himself against the, the the bigger teams, then he'll have a job. But if he, I think he'll just about hang on to his job, but he'll be like really, really under the gun next season. That's what I think he'll be. That's what the narrative for me. So, so the narrative surrounding his managerial ability will be what that he's been a disappointment. But the same, been... same to now. I don't see the team massively improving before the end of the season in the league, anyway. Um, so, you know, obviously winning the Champions League is a bit of a long shot. I, I think it will be. I think it will be. He needs to hit the ground running, and I think the board will probably tell him that. To be honest. Um, I think the patience will be. I think the endless patience that he would have had will be up because he's actually had a season and a preseason. So once he has a preseason, the pressure will be all on him. So because there's no more excuses now, that's basically the last excuse really that he's got. No, I didn't have a preseason. Once you have a pre preseason, you have to you have to deliver. So I think there'll be. I don't know about his performance, but there'll be a lot of pressure and doubts around him. I think still personally. 
Chris, what, what do we think? What, what, what's the narrative surrounding Graham Potter as a manager as the, the 23-24 season begins? I think the narrative around Potter will be he has to finish in the top four um, to keep his job. Um, I don't... So you, I, you still think he'll be Chelsea manager? Yes. Yes, I think we would have made some acquisitions. You think comfortably or not? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think they'll they'll sack him. I think the they'll there'll be a lot of movement again this this window. I think we'll see a lot more outgoings, which will be good news for us generally because the squad's way too, way too big. Um, and I think I think going into the season, I think there'll be a positive feeling because obviously we'll have a it'll be a clean start. There won't hopefully won't be many injuries. We'll have some new players. We'll have a lot of sort of hopefully the deadwood gone, and we'll yeah we'll be ready to go. And you know, as we know with Potter, he, with his previous jobs, the things improved over over time. So there'll be I think some um, real optimism about what Chelsea will be doing this season after, and I think it will be a good preseason as well. Okay. okay. So I'm going to go for a little bit of a different narrative from you guys. So I think Graham Path- Potter will be manager of West Ham United to, to start next season. Wow. I, I don't he's, know. Done he's done the Brady. So you're saying that David Moyes isn't going to win the Europa League or Conference League, whatever it is. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that Graham Potter will be reflected on as a failed manager at the top level. As as the you start the twenty three twenty four season and building a you know West Ham was obviously you know I'm saying that a little bit tongue in cheek as as a bold prediction but I think the narrative surrounding Graham Potter will be that it didn't work out for him at Chelsea he's he's not performed at the level that that you expect a top manager to perform at and and he's he won't be regarded in the same way and I, I think it might be a long long time before he gets another uh, pop at a top job. So- you're saying this, you saying this? You obviously think we're going to have a car crash into the season because I think that's the only way we're going to sack him. I don't think car crash. I do think we'll play okay against Real Madrid. I, I'm not sure whether we'll beat them. I don't think we've got any chance of beating City over two legs or Bayern. If if it ends up being Bayern, I think it's more likely to be City. But I think if he gets into the semi-finals, his job's safe. To be honest, what what about the forget the FA Cup? But what about the City game that we played under Potter? Did you feel that? Man City were far superior to us. That's the um, game that they, not, they won one the, nil with that cross. Sorry, you mean the one at home? We've, we've played yeah. City. We played City three times. Well, City were in a really bad moment there. There was a lot of stink about Cancelo. We brought him off at half time. They were in basically the lowest ever of their season. So I don't know if you can put mass, massive credence into that game. To be honest, they were like not in good form at all, and they still won. Sorry, were we? I think if you add, if you add up the XG that we got against Manchester City in three games, I'm not sure you'll sorry, get to forget, one. Said, yeah, sorry, forget the FA Cup one. The league game recently. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I, surely an, an extra game would be a bit of a benefit in terms of just attacking. Well, no, because it was the he, he played like loads of youngsters because he didn't fancy it. But the league he game, he played like the full team for that. Yeah, because he rested everyone because we had a big game against Fulham away that we lost. That three days later or whatever, <laughs> it wasn't even close to that game. Actually, but you like, think we're, we're completely unmatched against City? 
I think well, we'll be massive, massive underdogs. Obviously, you know the the phrase in boxing, a puncher's chance. I mean, you, you've always got, I guess, a, a chance in in football to. I mean, I don't think that's a good comparison. I think the Arsenal game at home yeah. was a real chasing experience. I mean, I know there were injuries and whatnot, but that would not happen under Tuchel. You wouldn't have that performance in the first half, and they come out the same again in the second half. That performance made me very worried about Graham Potter because that performance was tepid. I think it was 0.2 XG. <laughs> the word tepid getting thrown about all, all <laughs> over the place today. Yeah, I mean, big time. And like that was worrying. And Newcastle away also was dire. And Tottenham away was dire. So everything... Brian, what, about, what about Brighton away? <laughs> well, and, but even... At the, to be fair, that game wasn't a 4-1. We actually had a bit of a go in the game. We had some chances in that game. That was just a bit of a... That was a bit of a Leicester away game where, I'm not saying we should have won for one, but it was a bit of a basketball game. The other games were just like nothing. And especially against the London, I mean, Tottenham away after he was under pressure, absolutely appalling. The, yeah, the, so, the, so, adequate look, 0.4 XG in the Premier yeah. League home game against City and they had 2.05. So, so well, well we, on top of the, in we the game. We played well in that game. We had a good go and it, it was exceeded expectations, but... Um, the big, I mean, he's, I mean, let's read the fixtures this month. So he's got Villa at home, Liverpool at home, Wolves away, Real Madrid at home, Brighton at home. That's a big game for him. Um, Real Madrid, and that's sandwiched in between the, uh, the Real Madrid game, which is uh, three days later, second leg. Then we've got Brentford at home, playing very well this season. And then Arsenal away. Huge month for Potter. Like, there's no easy fixtures now. Maybe, so, kind of like saying, you know, Villa's a bit of a dead rubber. Very dangerous. I think he needs to win Villa because if he doesn't win Villa, he's immediately under it. So huge, huge. If he doesn't crack it this month, I think the board are going to look at it and go, well, "You're not and good enough." This is make this is make or break now for him for me. The, the magnitude of the games is just not apparent. That I, I thought Everton was such an important game as well, going to the national break to make it four wins in a row and whatever. Like the, the magnitude of the game is lost on the players, and, and it should be translated. From the manager, and I, I, I'm, I think we all talked about this in our Villa preview. We're not expecting, well, apart from Chris, who predicted three 0 actually, but we're not expecting this to be a, a good performance. I, I, I said four 0 to be fair. <laughs> oh, no, I've oh, sorry, the Villa preview. I think we have in preview. So cut that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying like, uh, you know, we're not expecting us to play well. You're saying, oh, it's a must win and whatever, but no one's expecting us to play well. I think we need to install that mentality in the team because this was the narrative. Or the feeling last year when we were sort of muffling about losing to Brentford and Arsenal, and people are like, oh, it doesn't really matter because we got third. But, bit, that, but you, we, can't, you can't. We almost got, we almost bottled top four last year and the year before that. We we lost both of our last games of the season. But, but um, you can't trick players into into the you know the magnitude of the game being being so important. What you can do is create a mentality and a, and a element of of pride in the squad. The, the you know that everyone knows that this game on on Saturday is of basically no importance. So you, you you can't ask players to come back from Argentina and and double international duty and and, and come in and put in some incredible hard working passionate shift against Villa at home because you know in reality they they all know that, that this game isn't isn't of importance and it's down to Potter to really make sure that they they do. Otherwise, you know, no one else is going to. I'd be disappointed yeah. if people felt like that. But yeah, we got enough. We got enough pros in our eleven. Who I I would be 
shocked if they. I mean, Craig says we've got the best squad in world football, so we should be able to rotate, no? <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know what I mean, it's like you've got these, you've got these boys, eighty million, gathering dust. Play them, like play Madueke, play Mudrik. Right? They need to play. Like you can't say, you know, Mudrik's not good enough. He's barely played a minute. You've got to play people, and you've got to, you've, what he's got to stop, stop doing, Potter, is stop playing the people that we're going to sell alone in the in the summer. Pulisic, Ziyech, Loftus Cheek. Um, Chukawenka, he needs a loan. Good player, but needs a loan. Shouldn't be prioritised over Madueke for me. So, needs to be smarter in that as well. So, um, I don't know. But I think, to your point, Craig, I think he's more actually more likely to be Tottenham manager. If we if we, if we get Nagelsmann, I think the Tottenham will go for Potter. But that's another, that's another conversation. They do like to pick up our, uh, our sloppy seconds. So, yeah, they're after a project manager. I think Kane might be going. I think they might be having a complete reset at Tottenham. And he's the kind of guy that... Actually, I think Tottenham is a bit more of a step up rather than going all the way up to Chelsea. So, I have to wait and see. Also, right. three three different narratives again, I think, pretty much. Yeah. I think my one's... Oof, don't know. I think my one's pretty well there. I think Craig might have put himself with that bold uh, narrative. I'm not sure. But let's see. <laughs> well, yeah, all, three, all three of us should have said the Wish, same thing. Wishful thinking, I think, Craig, from you there, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> All right, quiz time, innit? Got a quiz, yeah. Yeah. So, we've got a quiz, obviously, based on our opponents on Saturday evening. So, Chelsea's joint largest win in the Premier League history was versus Aston Villa. So, we're going to do a series of questions about this game. So, what year was that? Well, that was the year we won the league under. 8-0. Yeah, it was one. It was Ancelotti, wasn't it? Yeah, we've won. We've won. No, no, it's not actually. No, so you, you get it mixed up. So it was actually that's actually a sub question for later. But there's actually two times that we've won eight nil in the league at home. Oh, I know. I know those. Yeah. So, what year did we beat Aston Villa eight nil at the Bridge? Two thousand and six. No, no, it's 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 like it's like thirteen, fourteen, or something. You're close. There's a manager that wasn't very well liked. Benitez. Benitez. So what year was 14, it? 14, 14, No, thirteen, fourteen. No, no. what did you? What did you the year, it was the year after we won the Champions League. So what year did like we win 12, the Champions? Yeah, of thirteen. It was. It was December twenty third. 2012, and it was a, a bit yeah. of an early Christmas present for us as Chelsea fans. Now, this is a difficult bit. Can you name the goal scorers? It's got to be super frank with like five there goals. Seven, seven goal scorers that day, and one was Lampard. So, ding, Lampard. Right, you've got six, you've got six left. Uh, Maluda. Nice. Oh, so it was no for Maluda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Noises at this point. Um, I'm trying to think of the player, the players that we had. The... I reckon a defender scored. Think of the classics in that era. You know that. You know. So Eden Hazard, ding, just moved to the club. Got a goal in the 83rd minute. I think he scored the seventh goal. Might have been a sub. I don't know. Strong for playing. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Another striker, bit you know, bit of a, a famous Chelsea career. Maybe oh, Fernando not. Torres. Torres started proceedings. Oh. Two minutes, got the got the got the train got the train rolling down the track. Was it really rainy this day, or is that a different day? No, that was the West Ham game. I didn't review the weather. Sorry. No, but Chris is right. It was like a At the, the rest, first absolutely ever, first classic. Absolutely classic players of that era. All really famous players of that era. Ramirez? Ramirez got two. No, he didn't. On fire that day, yeah. It's just silly. Did did a little little dance, no doubt. Love Ramirez for that new camp goal. Absolute legend of the game. Uh, And we've got three left. Two out. I'm going going Ashley Cole. No. Not bad. It's a different game. He, Uh, he, He started the game, though. Sure, he scored against Villa. I know. Yeah, I know what game he's on the other side of the of the defence. Yeah, you're wrong side of defence there. Um, Ivanovic. Ivanovic. Du, 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 du. <laughs> Fantastic. JT. We had JT. JT wasn't playing. Well, Benitez hated him, didn't they? <laughs> nice. We had a player who was a defender, but that in that centre back, but he was playing midfield that day. David Louise. David Louise. And and finally, his countryman also scored. So apart from Ramirez, Oscar. 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 Ding. <laughs> Very good. And just a final question. Who is the other team that we Stoke. scored to win eight? We scored eight goals against. Wigan. 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 Yeah, Wigan. Win the league. Yeah. That's the quiz. Is that the Drogba hat trick? Yeah, it was. When he did the, I think he did the guitar celebration with the corner flag. Lovely time. Yeah, with him and Maluda. Fantastic. Yeah. We used Lovely to get eight times. goals. Eight goals we should game. do more of the looking back and the nostalgia. The good old days. The good yeah, old days. we'll definitely get nostalgia back next week because uh, talking about modern, all we do is argue. So getting nostalgia <laughs> back. Well, when we win 3 0 on Saturday, we'll be buzzing. Exactly. Yeah, That's, the, That's the spirit. That's, That's the, spirit. the spirit, Chris. <laughs> Right, that's all we've got time for today. Um, regardless of the result, we will be back before the Liverpool game next week. For more updates and all things the SCR, you can follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>